Welcome back to Project Freelance. This is season eight. Welcome to the show. If you're new to the podcast, please hit the subscribe button. If you're a veteran listener, hey, what's up? Welcome back. How you doing? (laughs) So this week on the podcast on Project Freelance, I am speaking with a graphic designer, illustrator, animator, a jack of all trades named Alex Lobo. So Alex creates all types of stuff and loves typography, loves creating merchandise for bands, show flyers, all kinds of stuff. And so we're going to be talking about how Alex got into the creative art world, their education background, and so much more in this episode. I really hope you guys enjoy it. Before we get started, I have to thank our partner, Liquid Death Water. If you've never heard of Liquid Death Water, well, get ready to murder your thirst with this advertisement in three, two, one. From the streams of the Austrian Alps comes a new kind of water. A water that is sure to raise you from your grave. If you're tired of buying cases of plastic water bottles that contain carcinogens and God knows what else, or if you're trying to lower your waste footprint, Liquid Death comes in beautifully rugged aluminum cans. Murder your thirst with a can of Liquid Death. Check the link in the description and use code just the letter K at checkout for 10% off your order. Liquid death, murder your thirst. So if you guys want 10% off your order of liquid death water, you can buy one case, you could buy 50 cases of water and you can still get your 10% off. All you gotta do is get a case of water, buy a set of koozies for your water, which is like two koozies in a set, and uh, use code just the letter K at checkout for 10% off. Thank you, Liquid Death, for partnering with me on this podcast and all of my endeavors. You guys are the best, and your water is the best. Cheers. All right, without further ado, Alex, please introduce yourself, what you do as a freelancer, and how long you've been freelancing for to the Project Freelance audience. Uh, Yeah, so my name is Alex Lobo, and I'm a designer, illustrator, creative director, and printmaker based in New Jersey. Um, By day, I work full-time at a marketing agency as a designer, and by night and, you know, in any other time that I have, I take on a lot of freelance work, primarily in the music scene, working with bands and musicians. I I work with them on doing everything from their branding, album artwork, gig posters, and merch design. Um, And my my work is very, like, dark, eerie, and surreal. Uh, but I also like to be a chameleon and experiment with a lot of different styles, depending on, you know, if it's for a client project or just for fun. And I'm currently in the process of rebranding and kind of becoming more of like a one person agency studio, like shop under the name of Synthetic Animal. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of exciting things. That's amazing. I love that you're like expanding into like a, a, a studio, like agency studio kind of thing. I think that's cool because I mean. The way you just explained what you do, you do a whole number of things and it sounds like you have a lot of experience doing multiple things. So I think it's cool to like brand yourself under an entity and just kind of do everything in house. Um, So for you, what came first as far as creative arts go? Yeah, um, I mean, so I've always been drawing, so that's been my my first love, uh, and that um, I mean, I've always taken art classes when I was younger, uh, ever since I was like in like, grade school, kindergarten, um, and then eventually I decided to go uh, into illustration as a, a major at the Fashion Institute of Technology. So I, I went there, I got my associates for two years. Um, and during that time, I also took a few graphic design courses, which was actually part of the new curriculum that they, they had there. So they wanted illustrators to also become more familiar with programs like 
Photoshop, Illustrator, like InDesign. And I ended up really falling in love with typography. And that's what eventually prompted me to like uh, go to Rutgers later later down the line for, for graphic design. And of course, like in between there, I've, I've done like a lot of odd jobs and in, internships that are all, all like luckily in the art space. So uh, I've really been privileged that I've only had like art experiences and not kind of like a regular nine to five or like a part-time job mm-hmm. to, to support this like creative endeavor that I have. Yeah. Uh, so one of my questions is actually about education and internships. So can you dive a little bit more into like your studies and like, what did you take away from, from studying this in school? Uh, like for example, when I went to film school, I have a bachelor's in film production. So I feel like I learned most of the stuff I know now afterwards, like after I graduated and had my degree and got my hands dirty, like in the industry, um, for you, like, what was your experience like in school? I actually had a pretty good experience in school, although I, I have to say that I don't think art school is necessary to to build a career. Like, and as you as you just mentioned, like you learned a lot more kind of on your own afterwards, and that's been my experience too. Whether it's in between, like uh, just doing work on my own or for clients, or taking like Skillshare classes or YouTube, like anything really. I don't think you have to go to to school to like become successful in this in this profession um but with that being said it really did help me a lot especially when i was at fit i had a lot of great illustration professors that kind of really helped me nail down composition which was something that i think like i needed a lot of help with right off the bat because i had that creative spark i like loved doing it but i think i just needed that uh i guess critique like constructive criticism which is hard to get i think if you don't go to art school so i would say like if that's that's like a major thing that I took away was the the critique and sort of the, I don't know, the chance to meet with professionals that are actually in, in the industry. Um, and then in with internships and stuff, like I think I found my niche kind of within that space too. And those are things that I just found like outside of school on my own. Um, like I interned at the cotton candy machine in Brooklyn, which I don't think, I think it no longer exists as like a physical gallery space, um, but it's run by Tara McPherson and uh, like I, I just reached out kind of on a whim and ended up just interning there for a summer where I got to help out with gallery shows and like her work is really surreal and awesome. And she does a lot of good stuff with, uh, band posters as well, which kind of led me into that industry as well. Cause I think with, with my time at FIT, it was really, I think more in the niche of book design, book illustri- illustration, or as opposed to like other avenues that you can take that creativity in. Um, so I think that, I guess that would also be like one of the, the cons of, of art school is that you kind of are locked into certain styles or professions based on like the professors. And sometimes that's a bad thing. Sometimes that's a good thing, but I think I really found my space outside of school. And then with Rutgers too, like I, um, I, I mentioned, I took a few design courses during my illustration degree and that's what like prompted me to go to, an, you know, another degree in design. Uh, and that was also because I didn't know much about like typographical composition or I don't know, just, just more of the in-betweens of graphic design. And so having those professors kind of guide me and lead me in that has helped a lot too with the, the structure of it. Nice. So Uh, I'm looking at your Instagram currently and I'm seeing like all the different types of typography you have. Can you talk a little bit more about what made you like kind of fall in love with typography? And as far as like what, like, I I assume you like build your own fonts. 
I don't, but so when I actually started out, um, kind of working with musicians and stuff, I would like hand draw everything just because I was I was kind of afraid of using fonts um, because I didn't really know like how to use them properly or like what kerning was or any of that stuff Mm. until I learned that later down the line. Um, So I would just like take forever to to draw out like all these words and in the band poster space specifically i think like there tends to be a lot of changes in lineups so like every time like there would be a band drop off from like a show poster that i was doing i would have to like draw it again like (laughs) scan it in it it would be very tedious but a lot of a lot of fun and like some of my favorite posters are still ones that i did like way back oh i I guess i forgot to mention i I kind of started um doing freelance work around like 2015 Mm. um after after leaving like fit in i think 2014 um, so I haven't been doing this for too long, but it's been, it's been fun while I, while I have been doing it and it kind of all also very, like happened very organically. Um, and I just want to give out shout out to my, my boyfriend and partner in life, Lewis, cause he was kind of one of the first people who brought me into the, the music scene specifically in doing graphic design and, and illustration. Um, cause he had a band called Fiscal Cliff, which are currently going through a, a like a rebrand, um, but back then, like in, in 2015, they asked me to do a poster for one of their shows in Jersey City, which I I just did like for free. And it's still like one of my favorite posters. And we ended up using it for one of their albums down the line. And I, they posted it on the Facebook event for this show. And I remember just getting so many compliments on the poster and like immediately other bands kind of uh, added me on Facebook and like reached out to me to do some work for them. Um, so it, it's kind of cool how like uh, that happened years ago. And that's kind of how it's still continued to go on here where it's been word of mouth and referrals. And I've gotten to like learn more for each of the the gigs and commissions that I've done. Yeah, I, I feel like it's the same for like photographers, you know, especially in the music scene, like word of mouth is probably the number one way we get gigs these days especially if you're like a touring photographer or a content creator it's all about like who you meet who you network with um so do you mostly get stuff from word of mouth or do you also like apply for gigs like on sites like i don't know uh, fiverr or upwork or anything like that i haven't used fiverr or upwork yet or any of those things really i think i, I mostly yeah word of mouth would be the primary way and then i do have um my instagram where i post a lot of stuff and so people sometimes find me through there and reach out to me which is really cool i have to probably get get back on posting more regularly (laughs) um yeah i kind of have a a funny uh i guess view on fiverr and upwork because i know that they've helped out a lot of freelancers but i've had like personal experiences where people have reached out to me for work and i've get, i've like quoted them and priced them and stuff and then they say as they said they found someone cheaper on fiverr <laughs> so i don't know i don't know if i'm ready to like kind of explore that territory yet but we'll see i mean you never know yeah i i feel like the same i have the same relationship with fiverr i feel like it's people doing stuff and now i think it's changed over the past couple of years like you can quote people like higher mm-hmm. rates as you go but yeah. uh i feel like there are a lot of people doing you know amazing work that's worth a lot more money than they're charging on there and it's kind of diminishing the value of of the industries that we're in um but i mean personally i've been on upwork for like i don't know six or seven years and you know i've i've gotten some really amazing projects and clients through there so i mean if you're if you're looking to like kind of expand or or test the waters out with like a freelancing site i do recommend upwork for sure fiverr not so much but definitely upwork is one to check out 
Oh, sweet. Yeah. Maybe I'll, yeah, I think eventually I'll like explore that, that territory, but I'm glad you had a positive experience with it so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then as far as like your, your influences go, like where do you grab influence from when it comes to these projects you're working on, especially like your personal projects that you do, like, uh, what, what inspires you to create? Yeah, I, I look on Pinterest and Behance and Instagram a lot. Um, and I think like before I start every, whether it's like a small project or even like a larger project, um, I like make a mood board on Pinterest and I like gather everything there. And then I kind of like pick inspiration from, from those images. Um, and I like to like also look back on them to see like what, what inspired certain things. Um, and it's also like a nice kind of methodical process. I think, um, over the years I've learned how to really organize that method and, work with it. And I think that's like the the best way to streamline. Like sometimes it takes longer to look for those inspirational images than it does to actually create something, which is, which is funny. Um, and then also since I'm in the, in the music space, um, mostly with my freelance work, I, I follow a lot of designers that are also in that space. So, um, like Brandon Reich from tension division, who does a ton of work for one of my favorite bands, 21 pilots. Um, that, that studio is amazing. Uh, same with Matt Varnish of Varnish Studios. He did a lot of stuff with my other favorite band called My Chemical Romance. Um, and I, yeah, Jesse Draxler does a lot of stuff for Poppy, um, Hoodspa Design. And then I follow a lot of like illustrators too that maybe are not so much specifically in that space. Like Brett Helquist, he did the, the stuff for a series of unfortunate events and, Patricia Podkoshelny, who does a lot of like beautiful textural, mostly uh, images of women and like posters and like printmaking. So I don't know. I, I kind of get inspiration everywhere, but those are a few of my favorites that I've followed throughout the years. You know, it's crazy. Uh, 21 Pilots has been popping up like in my my life so much more recently. Like I did a podcast yesterday with somebody. We talked about 21 pilots. My friend Skylar that oh, is man. in the band issues is now playing bass for 21 pilots on, on their tour. Yes. It's crazy. Like it's crazy how, how much that band is like in my, my radar right now. And like, I'm, I'm super stoked for them and everything that they're doing. And it, like, I, I can't wait to see where they go next and what they do next with like a full band lineup. Now it's going to be super interesting to see them live. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited for this like whole era and like the you know the new album is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I I remember uh, seeing their or the first show that I seen of them was like years ago and it was like for free in an outdoor um, place in Philly like in the winter and I hadn't really listened to them until that day but like their live performance just grabbed me and that's like when I first became a huge fan and I with Twin Pets and My Chemical Romance I think similarly like they they have such a strong aesthetic. To, to everything they do, whether it's like, you know, different like color palettes or imagery for each album cycle, um, merch. Uh, they also have like a few huge fan following. Um, so I've been doing a lot of collaborations, especially when like the, the 21 pilots, like we, it's called this, like the skeleton click. So, uh, like all the fan artists, um, like have been, I, I don't know. It's just a nice place to find inspiration too and then also collaborate with other people um because just because they're so passionate about art and making it and like kind of i mean i guess it's it's all fan art but it also can be like live on its own and i think Mm -hmm. a lot of my work does that too where you won't know that it's necessarily inspired by these like songs and lyrics but it kind of you know is its own thing (laughs) as well yeah um so um, yeah so super stoked 
Yeah, I love that. You know, I love when when bands and even like, you know, movies sometimes have like that almost like a, a cult following. And it's yeah. it's amazing how strong those communities are. And the, I love the fact that fans collaborate with other fans to create that fan art. I think it's so special. And like as an artist, you never know who's going to see your artwork and where that could go in the future. You know, like somebody sees your fan art and they could end up hiring you to like, design something for them or their band or their company or whatever. So I think the, the possibilities are completely endless when it comes to like the art world and, and what could happen from just even one person seeing your art. You never know who's going to see it. Like even even with going back to my friend sky that's playing bass for them i asked him the other day i was like hey like how did they find you you know like did they listen to issues like how how did they know who you were and he was like oh i was standing in a walmart and i got a cold call from them and they were like do you want to play bass for us like it's crazy like you never know who's gonna who's gonna be checking out your stuff so i think that's rad that you do like collaborations and, and all that stuff um as far as like your animation work goes, when did that start for you? That started, I think, when I was yeah, when I was in Rutgers, um, which was about uh, I graduated twenty nineteen, so like a few years ago, um, and I took this two D animation course as part of like the electives that was um, through the film school actually. So it wasn't even under the graphic design program, but I kind of uh, talked with the the board to like get it approved as one of those like electives um and that's where i learned how to use like adobe animate and after effects which i'm still kind of learning like i feel like every time i like i just forget uh after effects after a while so i have to like kind of relearn it every time i try to use it um and then since then i've been doing like small things in photoshop too so i don't know i i think it, it just also came out of the need to like try something new. Um, cause I think I like to, to work in different mediums and also like e elevate my art in some way. So even if it's like a still uh, piece that I didn't Photoshop, I kind of want to like add some, uh, animated qualities to it. So even if something simple, like a cloud moving or like a, a tiny brushstroke, it, it kind of makes it a little bit more interactive and engaging in a way. Um, I haven't actually done any major animations in a while, so I kind of want to get back into that. Yeah, can you, so I watched uh, Relics, your animation yeah. piece. Can you tell me the story behind that? I think that it's such a cool piece. And, you know, at the very end when he's underwater or, you know, when the scuba diver is underwater, you're just like, what, what, uh, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> so yeah, tell me more oh about that piece. I'm so, yeah, I'm so glad you had that reaction. Um, that was also for a project for school for 3D animation, actually. And I was learning Maya um and like premiere and stuff and i had the idea because um toward the end of my time at Rutgers, we had to like develop a thesis com concept and i became really passionate about environmental sustainability because i started reading a lot about i don't just things that are happening and like how to i, I was figuring out how to wait how to use my art to make things better or even just like share the story and my art being from like a very dark place also i think that that is a contrast to like what you see in a lot of the environmental space where it's like clean, shiny, happy leaves, trees. Um, and to like kind of bring a darker narrative to it, um, to make people like more engaged. I think it's like a cool, 
concept that I, I kind of went through with my thesis project. And oh my God, that was a long introduction. But so this, this was kind of about um, how we use single use plastics in our day to day life and how it becomes such a routine that we don't even think about it. Um, so like the scuba diver, for instance, uh, is like, you know, on the canoe, like drinking out of this glass, and then he just throws it into the water and kind of doesn't care. And he like sets up this whole dining dining table and then you realize that this has got kind of been the process for you know who knows how long like years decades and all the the relics i guess the remains of those uh previous utensils and and plates and glasses was were still left over in the ocean like not not decomposing or anything so that was kind of the high concept and um i had a lot of fun with it also because i'm a scuba diver myself so i got to go uh model this like vintage gear and stuff um and play with the waves which my teacher helped me out a lot with so shout out to sheen (laughs) um so yeah i had a lot of fun with that one yeah it's it's so fascinating you know and like i (laughs) i love like short animations they're like my favorite thing when i was in film school i like i was like damn i should have taken animation (laughs) because i love it so much it's so cool it's so cool to, to make something out of nothing like with just like pixels on a computer it's so fascinating to me like what a cool thing yeah so it is, it is such hard work like it took so long but oh, it's so I worth it like to see the, the results and i mean just to be able to talk about it i guess yeah absolutely um so for you as a freelancer how long did it take for you to find your value or your worth like what was that process like like what were you charging in the beginning versus like you know your your rates now you don't have to like say actual numbers but like how, how'd you find where you lie on like the, like what you want to get paid? Oh man. Uh, honestly, like this is the worst answer, but I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm. Um, back when, so I mentioned I did that free poster for my boyfriend's band. Um, and I got a few people asking me to do posters for them too. So I remember the first, I think commission I got was from a, the amazing band called the great company based in New Jersey. And I charged like $15 for, like a promotional poster with like a few other bands. And I remember um, like it took so long cause I like hand illustrated it and it, you know, there's so many like revisions. And of course, like I mentioned, like I, I like hand drew like all the, the band names and stuff. So it probably ended up taking me like, uh, I don't know. I, I, can't, I don't even remember. It was like back in 2016, 2015. Um, so yeah, I went from charging like for a free poster and then I started kind of asking other um, artists in the scene like how much they generally charge and kind of basing my price off of theirs too because I think like also in with musicians like they don't always have the biggest budgets and even though you kind of have the freedom and creativity to do what you want like as I think if you love it then I or if, if I love the project, then I'm happy to kind of do it at a lower rate which is probably bad to say but yeah. So I, I went from like $15 to charging like $50. And now depending on budgets, it, it could go for like a hundred or more. So I still keep it pretty low in the grand scheme of things. But again, like, I think this is something that I'm very passionate about working with bands. And so I'm willing to work within what is reasonable for them. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, passion drives pretty much everything we do as artists. So if you're passionate about a piece, like, yeah, I, I agree. I'll do things for a lower rate if I'm passionate about what, what I'm creating, just because like you want to create that. And especially like, you know, working with bands, like they don't always have a huge budget, especially like independent artists, you know, and it's, it's always good to be able to, you know, collaborate on things and, and, you know, work with artists that, especially artists you believe in, you know, like that's, that's one of the greatest things you can do as a freelancer is work on passion projects with, with people that you are super passionate about. Um, like for example, like one of my biggest or most well done music videos, um, I did for Lacey Sturm who used to be in Flyleaf. Uh, now she's a solo artist and, uh, she asked me to film her, her music video for her first single when she was debuting as a solo artist. And I was like, yo, I would do this for free, like a hundred percent, just because <laughs> like as a metal vocalist myself, like I looked up to her so much as an artist when I was like coming up in the scene, you know? So yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, you know, doing things at a lower rate for things you're passionate about is, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it is what it is. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes you got to do that. And, uh, so to wrap things up a little bit, um, my last question for you is what is something, you know, now that you wish you knew when you started all of this? Hmm. I think, I think I wish that I was a bit more organized, both with like five, I mean, maybe this is boring, but files, like my process and like any financial stuff and maybe like coordinating my like social media presence a bit, because I, a lot of my career has just been purely winging it. <laughs> and it, it was like very stressful. I think in the beginning, trying to like manage all of that, I do have a, a tendency to like overbook myself and then get burnt out really quickly. So I think I've been like slowly getting better in in managing all, all of that with which comes with like the creative components of my art as well. Um, so things have been a lot less stressful lately. <laughs> um, and then this, the second thing would be that I could say no to things because like I just mentioned, I tend to overbook myself and like I have a lot of things going on and um, that's what kind of had led me to like burnout, especially like last year. I mean, COVID was part of it, but it was also just because I had, uh, you know, my full-time job, my freelance work, and then also just whatever life things that happen in between. Um, so I'm, I'm actually currently in kind of in like the process of falling in love with making art again and like trying to, trying to explore new things. Um, and so it, it's been good recently. And I think, I think to carry, carry on the, the note of what we were just talking about before is to take on things that you're passionate about. Um, cause before I would kind of just take whatever comes my way. And even if I hated it, I would, I would carry it through and it would end up kind of making me regret or like not, not like the craft as much as I could be. Um, and especially now that I, since I have a full-time design job, it's, it's not a huge like financial risk to say no to things. And so I'm trying to like achieve that work life balance which, you know, hopefully happens this year. <laughs> well, I wish you the best with that. Um, it is definitely hard as a freelancer to say no to things, especially, you know, if you if you love what you do. But definitely, uh, I guess my advice to you would be to do exactly what you said, you know, take on more passion projects and try to st say no to the things that you think are going to give you a bigger headache than a bigger reward. Uh, I, I recently dealt with that. I deal with it all the time. Still, I'll take on projects that I'm like, I don't really want to do that, but like, I guess I'll do it because money, you know, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, definitely uh, try to try to say no more, which is a crazy thing to say as a freelancer. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, try to say no more. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm, this year I'm also trying to prioritize my personal work. Like I, I have been itching and like promising people but haven't been delivering that I'd make like a line of merch. Like cause I, I do um, screen printing and like I make pins and stuff like that. And I've been selling them at like vendor events here and there. Like I just did a pop-up oddities uh, event this weekend, like by Asbury Park in New Jersey. And I used to do like festivals like Mocha Fest or one year I was at, at Comic-Con with um, the Con Candy Machine. Uh, and like I only sold things, I guess, like in physical events like that, but I'd love to like set up my own real shop online, which I don't know why I haven't done it yet. I just have been slacking on like taking photos of things and like printing more merchandise. So that's another like huge goal I want to do this year, especially to kind of prioritize my own work instead of like overbooking with clients. And hopefully, hopefully that can be also like a, you know, a, a huge freelance project that I'll like dedicate more time to. Yeah. I, uh, I wanted to make a book so bad, like a photo book so badly for years. And I kept putting it off and off and off. And then finally, like one year I was like, you know what? I have to do this. You know, even if nobody, even if one person buys the book, you know, like it'll be worth it. And I finally did it, put it out. And it's been like one of my favorite projects I've ever done. Cause I did it for myself, you know, and it's super rewarding to do that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I encourage you to, to do that and get that set up. And I think that people will really latch onto that, especially, you know, like launching this new, this new branding. Uh, I think that that'll be a really cool way to like incorporate yourself into your brand even more is to offer physical items like that. Oh, I, and I guess my other question for you was, have you, uh, thought about going into the NFT space? I, I think I have a, a few mixed opinions on F NFTs too. Cause I've heard like a lot of designers get a lot of, you know, traction and, and credit for it. And and like, you know, financial gains, of course, but I've also heard that it's, uh, you know, this huge environmental impact. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if I would ever do one, but I think s same with Fiverr and Upwork that we were talking about before, like, who knows? Um, right, right now I'm a little on the fence about it just because of what I've heard about the environmental impact. Um, but have you had experience with them at all? So I I haven't personally done any NFTs. I know that there are some photographers that are starting to sell like photo prints and stuff as NFTs. Um, I again, I wish I did animation because if I did do animation, I feel like I would be in the NFT space. Like I I've had a couple NFT artists on the show uh, and we actually haven't even touched on like the environmental impact, which is something that I feel like I kind of like overlooked, like glossed over like I didn't even realize it until you just said it and i was like oh obviously like of course that's such a problem you know and so i i feel like the next time i bring somebody on that that is like an nft creator like i definitely want to talk about that with them um so yeah thank you for bringing that up it is something that is very important and very prevalent in the space um so if people want to keep following your journey or if they want to hire you for something or maybe they have some questions for you that i didn't ask uh, where can they find you online Sure. So um, I'm, I think I'm most present on Instagram. My Instagram handle is synthetic underscore animal and on Twitter, synth animal. Um, and then right now I'm, I'm still in the process of creating a website under that moniker too, but you can find my work at alexthelobo.com. 
So that was Alex Lobo. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of Project Freelance. If you enjoyed it, please leave a rating and feedback and go show Alex some love on social media. I've put all of Alex's links down in the description for you guys for your ease. If you liked the episode, please leave a rating and feedback on the show. It helps us grow and find a broader audience. I hope you're enjoying season eight. If you want to come on the show, please hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Project Freelance. I would love to get you on this show. All right, guys, I'll talk to you next week for another episode. Stay strong, keep enduring, go out and go create something.